Hello and welcome to Through the Mist with me, your host, Dern. This is the Royal Invest Today podcast where we look at the law and try to understand how it all works. In this episode, we'll be looking at the genetics of demigod powers. day to all and to all a good day how are we this fine fine day hello welcome back long time no speak i've had a busy fine few times but uh, there have been some things happening and nothing's really been happening i guess i don't really know i can't really remember oh life's going too quickly at the moment i cannot keep up you know what i mean guys you know what i mean welcome to welcome back to through the mist Hope you always, guys, uh, had a good break like I did. <laughs> so, housekeeping. Um, I just want to mention a few things. First of all, uh, just a quick thanks to Maddie uh, for the title name for this episode because I couldn't think of one. So, thank you. Godly Punnett Squares. Love it. Um, also, uh, why not shout it out? Old guest of the pod, fan, may remember her. Her first, like, Proper long story book has come out, Home to the Wild. So, you know, if you want to read it, please do, I suggest. I can't wait to dig into mine. It's going to be good. Also, uh, something else has changed since you were last here with me. Since I was being broadcast to your auditory devices. Uh, one thing, one minor thing, it's minor changes. But no one, none of you lot even noticed. I don't even know if this will work as well. Because, uh, because the logo didn't change for all the episodes and I can't bother to change it manually. But, yes, that's right. Here's a minor logo chain. Logo 2.1. Woo, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, bet none of you guys noticed, but it has changed, technically. Also, it's changed on the social medias. At Foo underscore Mist. Go follow. Talking about social medias, uh, I, we haven't done this in a while because it's been a while since I did it, but, we got responses for the last from the last episode or, or thoughts and opinions. I think this was just a DM though. Yes, this was just a straight DM. It wasn't an answer to like the question I posted, but it still answered the question I posted, surprisingly. Um you feel free to DM on the Instagrams or you could always email if that's easier for you through dot t.mist at gmail.com. But Morgan, you might remember Morgan, uh they've wrote in a few times before, written in, wrote, whichever, what's the correct one there, don't know. But uh, this is in relation to how Leo's tool belt works, um, if you may remember. Um, so, <laughs> I haven't done this in a while. Oh, okay, well, that's a lie. I guessed on the episode of CB Brain since then. But, okay, this is Morgan now. I am being Morgan. Embrace Morgan, become Morgan. To me, it always felt like an alchemy kind of system that uses equivalent exchange where anything that gets put into the belt has an intrinsic value that then gets converted into some sort of energy so that it can be converted back into whatever tool is needed. It would also need to have some sort of memory similar EMC mod from Minecraft. I know it's a bit of a weird example. Basically, it allows you to recreate anything that has previously been put into the system. I like that because it it's a fun idea. Maybe also you have this energy sort of system still, but instead of like 
it remembering stuff before. It's all about the user's imagination. If they can imagine it, they can pull it out sort of thing, because that would explain the Wii remote. But yeah, it's a very fun idea. Um, I'm loving it. Yeah. So, welcome back everybody to Food Mist. Um, Shall we get into what we're all here to discuss today then? Um, welcome back. Yes, I've already said that. I've said welcome back too many times now. I'm like, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome big. Good evening. All of them. So, what we're here to talk about today. The genetics of demigod powers or dem- or godly planet squares. Whichever one floats your boat, you know. So, basically, what, what we're trying to say here, what I'm trying to look at here, is I want to talk about the powers slash abilities distribution between like sib- demigod siblings and how it works and why powers are distributed this way why some might be rare and all this sort of stuff um we're going to see if we can see a pattern in this obviously that's what we're here for or if it truly is randomness brackets rick trying to create randomness so not actually random because <laughs> We love patterns. Um, anywho, what we're going to do, how we're going to break this down, we're going to look at little bits and bobs, and we're going to come up with an idea. Anyway, that's how it usually breaks down. But we're going to look at the different siblings in groups. So we'll start off with the biggest group we know about, and that's Pollock's kids. So this is a big list. Uh, we've got a list of all of the Pollock's kids um, that we know names of. Devil Burn, Die Tree, Pibrock Pimp, Quagsite Weath. So we've got eight different kids that we know names of. Um, it's also a good time to mention before I go through this list that Rick really enjoyed the pun names in Pojo when Pojo was happening. He really enjoyed the pun names because in order of appearance we have Lee Fletcher, Michael Yu, Will Solis, Austin Lay, Kayla Knowles, Jerry Grace Young. That is they're everyone. That is everyone, guys. It's a lot of them. Uh, first three initially appear in Pojo. Second two mainly appear in Toa. And the last three also first ever appear in Toa. They are the newbies. The newbies, Joey, Grace, and Jan. That's why they don't have surnames. So we get our best look at Will, Austin, Kyle, and how their powers are split up. So we're going to be we're focusing on those. Because the other guys, the newbies, we literally just know they exist. Um, Lee Fletcher and Michael Yu died pretty quickly after we first met them. The Apollo Cabin really got it rough for showing the, the audience that not everyone makes it out alive of this. Percy's the exception, you know? The Apollo Cabin really was we put our stakes in there. We got we most of that I feel like most I feel like most of the name deaths can be attributed to the Apollo Cabin. But that's only because we have very little named characters in the first series. Um so yeah, we have a best look at Will, Austin, Kyle, and how their powers are split up. So, Will's powers, we have his main focus is the medicinal and medicine. We've also got that really horrendous whistle he could do, and um, the rare glowing. It's the first power in this list that is labelled as rare, and that's his glowing. Spoilers for the end of the last tower book, I guess. Austin's main focus is music, and Kyla's first focus is archery. And... And one thing to know with all of these lot, though, is they all have a good 
medicinal skill set and a good archery skill set. They all seem to be have good at that. Oh, I found out the name of this medicine thing, and I I found it really interesting. It's decatenesis, uh, the ability to control and manipulate the healing process. So that's what these lot have. They all have this decatenesis. Um, so they but these are what I think would be like base powers for uh, Apollo kids. Uh, are like some some form of decatenesis in archery, but will for example, will have a high vicatinesis, like much stronger vicatinesis, um, and Kaya has much higher archery, you know, but they all have this. What the next thing was to look at was uh, the mortal parents. Do we know these? Do we know these mortal parents? So, we've got Darren Knowles, which is Kyla's dad, and they are an archery instructor. We got Patricia Lake, who is Austin's mum, and they are a music professor. And then we've got Naomi Solis, who is an old country singer, who's Will's mum. So, Will's the outline here, because their powers, because both Austin's and Kyla's powers, like main folk power focus anyway, what they focus on, is also linked to their mortal parent. Will's is not, he has, he has stated he has no musical ability really, but he does have the rare glowing, so that might counteract it. So the question here is, is is Will just an outlier in the standard statistics standards? Because three is not a big, big sample size, it's not a good enough target set. Or is this just or them homing that practical skill cause parents? So is Austin more focused on music because do like if consciously or subconsciously pleases mum? Or is it because his mum is musical, therefore his power set's high music, you know? That's the that's the debate we've got there. Um, but, you know, we'll see if we can make some, come up with some solution that's nice and works well. Sibling. We're going to have a quick talk about the Grey siblings, Thalia and Jason. Uh, and why are we talking about these? Because it is stated more or less in the books that Thalia tends to be more lightning and Jason tends to be more wind. That farty little man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, Jason just pops everywhere. He farts. It's a load of noises. <clears throat> Okay, yes. So, you have, have this extra complication with the Grey siblings because you're comparing Greek and Roman, but just doing the minus amount of research humanly possible. Um, we're going to assume this makes little difference as, uh, as in this case, Jupiter's domains are very similar and there's no less difference between Zeus and Jupiter. Jupiter as a whole, you know, the, the ship name. <laughs> If you can ship the same two aspects of the same being, um, their ship name would be Jupiter. Um, don't be like Jupiter. There's very little difference between that. Um, and we do see Jason have some prowess with lightning. He's just able to summon it. Um, mainly at the start of the Lost Hero. We don't see it much for the rest of the books, but he, he can. It's not impossible for him to do that. He just seems to have this focus towards 
more the wind aspects of storms than the lightning aspects. Whereas Thalia doesn't show this, but that be could be because she's never tried, because she is scared of heights. So she's never tried to fly because she doesn't want to fly. So the question here becomes, is it her, is it that Thalia's never attempted it? So she does have this innate power and ability to do it, but she's never attempted it, so she never honed it. She's never trained that skill. She's never trained at it, so she, she just maybe can't do it. That was a short one, but the next two bits are odd and different and Leo. Um, Leo is very interesting in this scenario because he is an extremely rare child of Hephaestus because he has fire powers. But this is like, this is, this, this should, theoretically should be fairly common as fire is one of Hephaestus's main domains. It's not, he's the god of forges and fires. It's not. That's, it's one of his domains, um, because Leo is the first one in 2000 and blah, 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 um, because Rick has a floating generic present timeline. He's the first person in, hang on, we can do the maths here, we can do it in centuries. So, so that'd be the 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th, and then mine the 21st. It's roughly six to seven centuries since there's been a child with firepowers from Hephaestus, the last being Thomas, um, who caused the Great Fire of London. I was watching a show that mentioned the Great Fire of London the other way, Saving Lies at Sea. Great show, you should all watch it. So, why is that? Why is, that's the question now, is why is a domain so extremely rare? But you think about Hephaestus in the general context, and he isn't really known for being a fire god. So are we now looking at the perception of these gods influencing the powers of their kids. And this is where Charm Speak comes in. So that's the next one we're going to talk about, is Charm Speak. Because Charm Speak is another power that's stated to be rare. It is a natural but uncommon power that can be possessed by children of Aphrodite. The two we know of being Piper and Drew. So this power is rare, it's it's but it's uh it's not I wouldn't I wouldn't want to call it rare in the same way that maybe Will's glowing is and the extreme rarity of Leo's fire, like that's extremely rare. Charles Speak is more just uncommon. I feel like that's the better wording for it. But they're not the only people we see in the books with Charm Speak. So there's theories rolling around that Cersei had Charm Speak. And then we know for a fact Medea has child speak, but Medea is not a child of Aphrodite in any way, shape, or form. So is charm speak then teachable? And why is it linked to Aphrodite? Because if we then look at the children of Hecate, the two we know, their main powers are in myths manipulation, but we see it's teachable because Thalia can at least do the mortal mind tricks. 
maybe not some of the more advanced stuff like create a mist monster mist monster mist person a person out of mist but they can and then there's hazel who's not who also 100 percent has mist manipulation magic powers and it's it's teachable it's not it's not just the children of hecate that have this but that that's like unlike percy's powers let's say who never who don't seem to be teachable so what's going on here then what does this mean and then there's the link to aphrodite and charm speak which i don't really know about there's this idea i came up with with charm being associated with beauty and that makes me feel icky and i don't want to think about it anymore so we're gonna just move on now to our next little Before I just I started doing some research and then I went I want to see if I can get other people's thoughts and opinions on this um, to help me maybe form a more well-rounded theory. I think I posted a story on the Instagram, so you know occasionally you can be part of the episodes. And I also messaged the podcast group. So I got some brainstorming ideas about where you guys thought that the powers came from. So we'll start off with fans. Uh, friend of the pod, she's been on as a guest. Her book, Home to the Wild, out now. What the, their like summary thought was, I kind of had to. This one became a bit more discussion with the podcast groups, podcast friends, but uh, I tried to like do it. So, Fran, if you're listening and this is not what you thought, tough luck. Kind of what they ended up going was they thought it was a mix of innate abilities and then influence from mortal parents on gift decisions. So, like how Apollo's good at archery but some are better at other aspects so it was very much that the god the parent would help decide what gifts each child had and there'd be influence from more parents like we see with Oster and Kayla okay so that's what they thought but then I can see problems with this because the god don't care about the kids but Lachlan um, from accidentally vaporized my podcast, um, they they came up with they mentioned this. So again, the godly parent decides what the powers are, and they are gifted powers later based on what they're up to. Um, sort of like leveling up. So you start with a small little set of powers, and you can get more and more and more as you go. Um, and then. A wonderful follow-up was the unclaimed kids never seem to have a lot going on, which really helped with this uh, idea, this this idea that the unclaimed kids, because they're unclaimed, they don't really have a set of powers related to their godly parent. Um, and then we had one from the Instagrams, from La Malice Defoe, who wrote, I think... A potential power depends on the godly parent, and the ability to use the power depends on personality, which is a very fun thought, isn't it? That one. So, there are a set of powers that you can get if you are a child of ex god. However, depending on where you lean, if you're leaning, I don't know, let's say 
more serious, more free outgoing, and all the other words that you can describe to create personality, you then almost get a select selection of this power set. Um, like, like imagine answering one of those flow diagram quizzes where it's like, do you like outside? Yes, no, no, you get, uh, you don't get the weather powers. Yes, you get the weather powers. I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do this on the fly. But that's a very fun thought. And that got me, and those, these, like, fun thought experiment ideas that we were having went, okay, so why don't we do some thought experiments? So we've got two thought experiments to run through. Um, thought experiment one, and it's discussed quite a bit in the fandom, I would say. And that is a Poseidon kid being an earthbender rather than a waterbender. <laughs> so, or even does Percy have the ability to earthbend? So we'll look at the only Poseidon kid we know, Percy, and we'll break down what his less water-based powers are and more his earth-based powers. And the only really one there is, is his extreme heat resistance. That's it. He can resist extreme heat. That's basically it. That's all his powers. That's him. Because, oh no, there's the volcano explosion. That, that really happens because he experts seawater out of himself. And then it rapidly cools the lava that's below. And then it, like, pressure builds up really quickly because he's like, and then it goes, that's why that happens. It's not that he shakes the ground and the lava comes out. It's more supposed to be like, extreme temperature change, pressure build, um, sort of thing. But he resists that. <laughs> he resists all the lava that comes up and flies out. He's pretty good on the lava climbing wall because he can resist the extreme heat from it. So there's that. So could there be an earthbending kid? I really want to say yes. And I, but I think it's a very, a lot, like a Leo having the fire powers kind of situation. It is one of the extreme rarities, and we'll get into why in a bit. Thought experiment two was a child of Athena only be good in being good at weaving and not very good at like strategy and war and stuff. Is there precedent for this? Well, yeah, because Annabeth has never practiced weaving her entire demigod life until Moa where she successfully weaves a bridge on her first ever attempt at weaving while simultaneously maybe weaving our patterns. So could an Athena child be relatively bad with strategy, but amazing with weaving? I would say yes, because we've got all the Apollo kids and Will's a great example for this because we know He's rather bad at music stuff in the Apollo camp, but he's great at the medicine stuff. <laughs> so, you know, there's precedent for this. There is precedent. So now we're reaching everyone's favourite part of the episode. Owen stopped rambling. He's given you all everything he's thought about. All the ideas being thrown at you, you've tried to keep up, you probably haven't, and we're back at the bit where he talks about what is going, how we're going to link this all together. And this one is kind of nice. So, 
we're still, we're going to go with forward with it all being about perception. And the reason it's be, it's partly because it works, it's partly because it also fits in with this idea that we've built upon and we've seen in the rest of this universe. So the idea is that all these demigods will have a base set of powers um, depending on their godly parents. So Apollo, always good at archery. Zeus, you always have lightning. Aphrodite, you can always speak French, which is another one that I find icky. Because, um, ugh, French. <laughs> so this base set is basically comes from what they're mainly known for within the collective consciousness of mortals. Yes, this is what we're all about. When I say perception, I don't mean perception of the kids. I don't mean how they're perceived. I mean how collectively, as mortals, the gods are perceived and how that then trickles down into their kids. So the lesser known domains that are associated with them become rarer. And the rarity is linked to how well we remember it. So we usually forget that Poseidon is also the earth shaker. So there is a very rare chance of them being an earth bender. We forget that Hephaestus is fire. Hence, Leo is a very rare demigod. That sort of thing. See, it's getting good. It's nice. It's lighting up. And then the focus of certain powers of demigods with parliaments with multiple names we think of, of as of relatively equally, like Apollo, which is the best example for this, always. And maybe Hermes, he's probably also up there, but Apollo is the best example in the world, anyway. Music, archery, medicine. Part of it, I think, is because, so it'll be, they're fairly equally known, so they get fairly equally spread, and they also, these are their base ones. But the reason the demigods themselves are better at this aspect of the domain is partly because they focus on it more. They, they, they literally just train at it. The best example is how Percy is able to better control his powers through the series and it looks like he's leveling up but he's, he's just training and then becoming it's like training your muscles you can lift five kilograms now you can lift 10 kilograms you know it's that process but with magical mystic powers um, and then obviously there's there's also the the other aspect which could be that they are genuinely born with a higher chance of being better at it than their siblings just genetic difference like how some people's biology can help or hinder their progress in a select sport the biology of these kids and just how they're built can help or hinder them in select aspects of their powers i don't know how that would work because we're talking about metaphysical things but still it it makes logical leap the leaps and can be crossed and the dot uh, t's can be crossed and the i's can be dotted you know sort of thing and that's where this comes from that's that's the, we're gonna go with perception but not perception of the kids it's perception of the gods and powers of the kids being a reflection of that which is really kind of funky but that's not everything is it because because i did mention charm speak earlier and maybe though this is how can work and how it's it's very because of this it's very easy but maybe maybe it's just we you could have got to remember that we can do whatever we want as long as we try hard enough because i mean 
Charm speak is a natural ability by, an uncommon ability by children, Aphrodite. But anyone can learn it. So, I mean, you could do anything you wanted as well, sort of thing. And then we're not even looking at the Kane Chronicles and the magicians and how they be, seem to be able to do everything these demigods can. If they have enough powers, if they have enough strength, they can do every single one of the demigods' powers to an equivalent standard. And that's just, as much as this is cool, but it, it might be think that it's demoralizing. But just because, so just, just, just remember that just because something's hard doesn't mean it's impossible. Okay? Have fun. Well, thank you for indulging this theory. If you have any comments on this theory or theories of your own that you want me to discuss, you can email them through foo.t.mist at gmail.com or you can follow the Instagrams at the underscore mist and DM me anytime. Uh, make sure you follow the podcast, like the podcast, rate the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, whatever you have to do to get the podcast out there. I've been Owen, and come back next time as we try to see... <laughs> I just fell over.